Welcome to Trademark Talks, Trademark Visuals podcast dedicated to their employees who make an incredible impact on their clients' experience and in the built environment. I'm here today with, who am I here with? Dan Cronenberg. Better known as DK to everybody around here. What do you want me to call you throughout this podcast? Um, DK. DK? DK Love it. works. Okay. Thanks. You guys have a love of brevity, like initials are big here. They're I love big. it. So we're here with DK. Uh, DK, tell everybody, like you do a lot here. Tell us your story about how you started at Trademark. What do you do for Trademark? Okay. How long we got? <laughs> we got a while. <laughs> Go ahead. Have fun. Um, I started 19 years ago, 2002, I believe, was the one when, when I started, um, 2001 maybe. It's it's all a blur now, but um, yeah, so I moved to Arizona uh, after graduating from the Ohio State University. He went real soft on the, <laughs> yeah, he, he laid up on that. Um, moved out here and was uh, kind of job hunting. There wasn't much going on in Cleveland after 9-11. And uh, moved out here with one of my best buds, Jeff Turbo, who you know. Um, and uh, we were staying on uh, Mr. Baum's uh, mom's couch for a little bit and just kind of peruving the city and trying to see what is what. And uh, Michael Baum called me and said, hey, you know, we just purchased a sign company, which I knew. And um, it was about four months in and the inside sales girl left and, you know, would love to have you. So. That, that was that's that, the, that, that's how it happened and that's your origin um, story yeah. from a couch to oh, be in the inside oh, sales for guy. sure yeah just uh driving to the west side of mcdowell every morning bright and early and just you know we're in this little four thousand square foot or two thousand square foot little retail strip center with you know vinyl and bullet holes in the window and gator foam falling apart sign up top and now here we are well let's do this like i think this is nice tell people where we're at like describe it I, you can go online and you can see the fabrication and head office design facility but dk describe like where you guys are at right now and the sense of pride you have in your facility yeah so obviously we started i don't know and, and dave always says it. we started selling birthday banners you know um Final on cabs, you know, we'd be running out to survey some um, semi-trucks. We had semi-truck drivers that, you know, if you looked up in back in the day, the yellow pages was was our big expense. I remember it was like 5,000 bucks a month or 6,000 bucks a month. And for a 10-person company, that's a big number. Yeah, I could see that. And that was, we had the quarter page ad and the yellow pages. And that's what really drove the business, you know, the 10 years prior to Michael buying it. But that's how it worked. You know, um, you needed an ad in the yellow pages. So when someone needed a sign, they looked in the yellow pages and said, oh, this guy looks good. Let's, Let's call this guy. So... There's people listening to this, you know, younger associates, people looking to maybe be employed by, they have no idea what the yellow pages are, but that is absolutely crazy. Oh, and it was like, and it was big business. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, I think his name was John Lundberg, our sales rep for the, for the yellow pages. And, you know, we were decent, like a big account for him, you know, 60 grand, 75 grand a year, like 20 years ago for oh, a quarter oh, page ad in the yellow book or half page ad or whatever it was. But we, we had a nice ad and that, that drove some kind of inbound calls. But, um, obviously the vision was, you gotta, 
you got to grow past the the guy that's calling in for like a free estimate and get it get it to a point where you're networking in the community and and meeting people and decision makers and really trying to um, mold the business into into what it is today and we did that um, so we, we, we were in, uh, like, like I think it was 3000 square feet. We had one truck that was an old Dodge Dakota with like a camper on it with, you know, shag carpet in the back. So when you slid the signs in, they didn't get scratched it, um, you know, two installers, maybe three people in the shop building signs. And, uh, yeah, there's a plotter back then when mm-hmm. you, you needed a banner, you printed like vinyl, on a four color process machine and it, you know a banner that you could probably print today in 45 seconds or a minute mm-hmm. you know it took four hours it's incredible. six hours so um and what's this place like how how bit how many square f- we're seventy thousand feet? feet here okay. um we're about five or six thousand maybe more in in salt lake um, and obviously we have offices and in, in now in um in carlsbad in milwaukee in uh, Atlanta and in Charlotte and uh, so we manufacture everything primarily out of uh, Lehigh or Salt Lake Utah Um, but I'd say 90% of the manufacturing comes out of our our Phoenix plant and uh, state-of-the-art equipment we have you know 50 back-of-house guys that are building stuff and installing stuff and uh, staff of 35 office personnel so we're about 110 people company-wide now and so we've come a long way from, uh, you know, yeah. I remember, yeah, Michael, Michael just asked me the other day because he's old school still. So he gets those calendars from Costco, you know, those big desk calendars. I love that. Every though. year he asked me if I need them because back in the day, that's how I was. I'm kind of old school too. Like I'm not really great with technology. Like I just got this new iPhone 12 and it doesn't even work now because I didn't set it up right. So it's not making phone calls. But um he just asked me the other day, hey, do you want a, a calendar? <laughs> did you jump on it? I hope <laughs> I said, you did. Come I said on. no. No, but back in the day, what we used to do is he'd come by at the afternoons and be like, how did we do today? And I'd have little like 1400 for, you know, spray systems and core slab structures, 200 and freshers, 300. And like, oh, we did 6,800 today, you know. And obviously, we've come a long way because... It's amazing. You're, you're yeah. Now, you're no the, not, now the emails something. we send out, it's more like, hey, we just got a contract for two hundred eighty grand or whatever. Whatever the case yeah. may be. Obviously, the numbers have have shifted, and and we're we're no longer necessarily like a sign company. We're we're a construction company, a design build construction company that our main product just happens to be signage. Um, that's the best way to describe it. At least the way the organization organizations, you know, structured. We have a procurement department. We have an accounting department. We have project management team, permitting team, design teams, um, fabrication installation. We have you know multiple uh, different facets of our business that we have to kind of go through from the raw materials coming in to hitting the router to hitting the fabrication tables to hitting the sanding and the prepping to the priming and the painting then to the assembly and then out to the field. So um, we're not just yeah, um, and, and we we do everything in house. So we okay. we handle. All the design, all the engineering, all the permitting, we manufacture it all, we install it all. So um, we're basically like a self-performed GC uh, when it comes to signage. And over the years, obviously, uh, we decided to take signage out of our name because we we just noticed that, um, it, it, you know, and, and not to say, but 
signage just signs always had like a negative connotation like oh the sign guy's the last guy in uh, you know beat down truck drove over my landscape you know just oh it's just the sign guy basically like the garage like the lowest end of the contracting scale it's the final decision a developer might make yeah and it's the lead it, 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 the, it for the most part it was like it's like call you know just look at the phone book or go online and anyone can do it like it's it's just a sign like it's not that important like any guy building a building is not going to just use any like structural engineer or any guy to pour the concrete they're going to you know but when it came to signage they're like yeah you know whatever like just don't you just print it or don't you just it's just a stock letter that that, that was the thought of it and it wasn't really a polished industry um, most sign companies and probably to this day are guys that started working at a sign company or their father worked at a sign company and they were good enough at what they did and they decided to go on and um, you know start their own sign company um, we took a different approach obviously David uh, Michael was an entrepreneur his whole life David was uh, a finance major at U of A and I was an economics major at Ohio State so we kind of took a business approach like we got put into this industry more from a business perspective as opposed to just being like a down and dirty sign guy and, and there's nothing wrong with 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 being down and dirty because in my first few years I was out all weekends digging holes and, and doing whatever we had to do to you know to, to make it happen but we definitely saw a vision of like this is like a business this isn't just a, a trade take so, a macro long view yeah. on it absolutely so what is it you have a lot that you're responsible for and and you're really tied into the community here but what does a typical day look like for you a typical day is basically the complete opposite of when I went in this morning, what I'm going to do, Okay. that didn't happen. Okay. So um, a typical day when I'm in the office is, and, and I love it, is, DK, you got a second? Can you look at this? DK, what do you think? <laughs> DK, hey, you got is, a podcast. Is this, is this good? Like, um, what should we do here? How should we build this? Um uh, what, what do you think? I just got to give the guy a budget. What do you think it's going to be? I mean, He's not lying about that. I, I mean, just that, saw this five minutes I mean, ago. that's a typical day. I mean, we have an open door policy for, for as long as I've been here. Obviously, COVID's changed that a little bit. We try to like, you know, if I have any bit of a sniffle, I'm shutting the door, even mm -hmm. though it's just my allergies, but just as precautionary, obviously. But um, yeah, a normal day is is close the door for maybe a half an hour if I absolutely have to, you know, do something or if I'm on a conference call. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's people coming in and, and asking questions and, and trying to just kind of make sure that whether it be a project of mine that they're, mm -hmm. you know, that are a customer of, of ours or someone that has a question or a problem or, or needs a solution or, or needs help with something. It could be my project, or it could be Dave's project, it could be Brett's project, it could be anyone's project, Rich's, Scott's, any of the sales guys' projects. It could just be like the project manager's just like, I can go get an answer from DK in our experience, and that's like, mm -hmm. is probably a relatively it's pro valuable. proven, proven yeah. solution or option. Um, or I could send an email, five emails, make sure, like, it's just, um, 
it, it helps them be able to, to, to get some quick answers when they need them. Okay. Um, and that's from everyone. That's from whether it be Rick, the install manager, saying, hey, hey, can we do this? Or um, I, I really got to get this lift. What do you want to do? Make the call, you know, or something like that. Or it's MJ's like, hey, do you remember I've got this request to do this edgeless letter that they want it super clean, and they, but it's small, and they want it deep, and they want it to halo and face light, like... And he'll be like, do you remember anything? So got it. a lot of times I have a, I've been known to have a good memory. So I'll be like, yeah, look at. Go find this. Yeah, go look at Trend North. And I feel a few years ago we did a sign for their office that was like this. Cool. So it's definitely a resource to the whole organization. And I've seen that a lot. Let's, let's talk about, well, let's have some fun with this too. Okay. Because when you look at all the pieces that have, that are being built now or driving around in your community or even other cities you visit like Charlotte or San Diego, like what's a program or piece that you're super proud of? Like you drive past with your kids and you're like, damn, that's what we do. Well, my kids are young. They still don't quite understand like yeah. what I do. No, they still don't. <laughs> Keep them in the dark They as don't. Long as they possible. just, uh, Madeline's seven, Nolan's four, Nolan doesn't, yeah. But Maddie's like, wait, why do you have to be on the phone? I thought you make signs. <laughs> yeah, like, so like you're the Santa Claus of signs. Yeah. So um, let's see. Obviously, it was fun watching. Unfortunately, my Buckeyes get destroyed this weekend, but it was fun like seeing all the displays. Talk, talk about that because I, I don't think like we highlight that enough. Before you do, hang on. You'll be hearing some background noise. Normally, most podcasts will edit that out, but this is good background noise. It's their fabrication facility. And all the things they're doing, their artisans and craftsmen are doing out there. You might hear that in the background. That's what's going on here. So, uh, but that's just to paint the picture for our listeners. But so tell me more about the college football playoffs and, and that, what you do for them. Um, so starting in 2015 or 16, I don't re- uh, recall exactly when it was. I think, I want to say it was the first game, 2014. That was when Ohio State won it. That was when the playoffs started. Then 2000, and I want to say it came here in 2016. Okay. And that was when we were engaged by Infinite Scale, who's a, um, a kind of a sports marketing company that kind of handles activation for big sporting events like okay. the NHL playoffs, the Super Bowl. They they're really they're really uh, kind of an expert in that field. So they wanted to do these iconic elements throughout Phoenix. Um, because that's when I believe, and again, I'm not a tech, technologically savvy guy, but pretty sure like 2016, that's when like social media was really like taking off. Especially um, Instagram. Instagram, like everyone wanted to like take a photo mm-hmm. like in front of this. or So Infinite Scale came up with the idea with college football that we should have these freestanding logo elements all throughout the community in which the game is being played. So fans could engage, build their brand, have fun with it. So um, at that time, uh, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it ended up being Clemson versus. Was it Clemson-Bama? It might have been Clemson-Bama. Um, yeah, I think it was the first one. Yeah, I think it was Clemson. I mean, it definitely was Clemson, I remember, because they came to town. And I remember uh, one of our clients, one of an architect in Charlotte, who's a big Clemson fan, taking a photo and sent it to Scott at the uh, 
I think it was at the uh, Scottsdale at the Princess where okay. we had. So we basically the plan was to to fabricate these five foot um, freestanding numerals that said the the 2016. So it was the two, the football logo, which was the zero, and then the one, and then the six. So the first launch was to fabricate four sets of those. Um, actually it was five sets of those. They put one at uh, each team's hotel. Mm -hmm. um, they put one uh, on a lawn at the Biltmore mm -hmm. uh, where, where some media was staying. They put one, and then I believe they put two at the airport. So when okay. the players flew in on their private jets or wherever on the runway, mm -hmm. they'd get off and all huddle and, and take a photo in front of the, the numbers. And then there was two big big displays um that uh the the one we just removed it today down in south beach was along the uh, on the boardwalk there okay. but uh how that does that feel though like you're watching tv at home espn and there's like kurt herb street or like the game day guys are in front of it like that's got to feel cool yeah no for sure it's crazy right like you know some small company at the when we started yeah. is building big big things building brands for for all these companies nationwide and, and even gets global um, yeah no i think it was super cool when we put it at when it was in tampa we put it on one of those old uh pirate ships oh yeah you know that they yeah, have yeah. in the bay there yeah so that's cool we uh, you know had to set up special rigging and we got the uh, and that one was the 12 foot display so there's two 12 foot displays that they launched uh, one went at the convention center, I think, down in Phoenix when we originally built it, and the other one went downtown at like by Cityscape when they had the blocked off for the the parties, and people would people ate it up. They sat on the base for the big ones. They took photos in it. They climbed on them. Yeah. Obviously, it was all engineered to to perspex so that there was no 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 issues. But so since that, for the last six years, we've shipped these sets, built a new end number because it went from sixteen. Mm -hmm. Then we had to build a seven. Yeah. And then we had to build an eight, and then we had to build a nine, and then when 2020 hit, we had to build a zero, and now yeah. a one. So we've 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 had to kind of ship and recondition because um, they do get beat up in transit, and, and they do get weathered if it rains and stuff like that. So um, that that's a cool one, especially uh, there was a lot of of press this year. They put them at the stadium, which was the yeah. first time in the end zones. I don't know if you saw them. They're kind of behind the goalposts in that I little. I did see them yeah, yeah, during so, the game. Yeah. So there was that a lot was of the, scoring. There was the game. <laughs> Hang on. There's a lot of Bama guys in the end zone. Keep going. Yeah. Seriously. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of pictures of uh, of Devontae, <laughs> Devontae Smith just doing, just, just doing a Heisman pose love, in front of them. But let me switch gears. Let's talk about a Phoenix-based one. Okay. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about. You're a huge sports fan, although you have misguided views on your college For programs sure. you yep. support. Uh, tell me about like the waste management Phoenix Open. That's you guys do all the physical, multi-dimensional branding elements and the wayfinding. To talk about that and what that tournament means to you and in the community. Yeah, so that obviously the tournament means a lot. Um, I think it was 13 years ago. Um, uh, I think a Thunderbird at the time uh, was a guy named Jerry Roberts, who was a, 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 a very successful office broker for C. Richard Ellis at the time, and he was the signs chairman. Every Thunderbird has a different job out there, and so uh, one of the rookie jobs is signs, and he uh, he he got. He was working with their low. Their basically, you know, back then they had like a little vinyl plotter at the course and they'd be cutting vinyl and applying it to banner and like hand making signs and uh 
Jerry kind of said, you know what, I want to bring in this company that does our signs. That's like they have more capabilities. You know, I know it's off-site, but like they have digital printing capabilities instead of cut vinyl. So um, the Thunderbirds gave us a shot, and we ran with it. And the first year started out small, and then we um, took over the account, and and now we 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 do a lot of big stuff in mean, the tournament from from what it was then has grown significantly but we've built i mean every single sign for the most part on that course that's a mm-hmm. permanent structure um the fr- big 12 foot freestanding wimple letters that span 80 feet that are in front of the gate when you walk in big green sweeper arch that you see over 18 all Anything the hall 16. markers all the directional signs the big bird nest displays like we've we spend months and months and months and, and countless hours. I was actually reviewing it the other day. It's probably 2,000 man hours of install. Just um, leading up to that event. Yeah, just for the event. Wow. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a big deal, and it, it does a, a ton for the community. Last year, the Thunderbirds donated $14 bucks to charity. So That's great. No, the, the one thing, if I may, from my knowledge of it, you always see that this tournament, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, is really highly regarded for fan experience. Uh, the PGA really recognizes it for the branding elements, and it's they call it the greatest show on grass because the fans love it. And I know you guys at Trademark play a big part of that. So yeah, and it's speaks um, to it. So. Yeah, no, I mean you know the the golf elitists, it's not their favorite yeah. event, but. Everyone else is yeah. the best event on tour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think four out of the last six years, we've won best best event, and that includes the players. That includes everything. So, um, you know, it's it's a huge bucket list thing for a lot of people. Um, our buddies for years, different groups have come out here. We have still have guys from like North Dakota that we met out here mm-hmm. 12 years ago. They come every year. It's their yearly guys trip. That's cool. Um, and you get to come out to Arizona when it's freezing cold back east or in the Midwest. You get to, to play golf every day at, at beautiful courses. And then you get to go to arguably the, I mean, it is the, I think outside the Olympics, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Wow, that's incredible. Let's let's switch gears to let's come back to trademark uh, from this. Let's talk about the culture here. Like it's so important, and I know how much time you and Dave and Laura and Mike spend talking about this. But like, what does culture mean to you here? And like, what do you want the culture to be all about? Yeah, so I I feel blessed. I mean, I. You know, you hear stories or you read stuff and about, or you talk to people, oh, I don't like my job or I have to go to work today. So I love what I do and I love coming to work every day. So if we could kind of make that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being a big part of it. And I see that with your sales team. I see that with your, no, it's an important thing here at Trademark. We're on the topic of culture. And you are very passionate about feeling blessed to be a part of this culture. Like, what are the things, what are the signs of what gets you excited when you see a positive thing in your culture? What gets you emotional? What gets you proud to be a part of this? I just think everyone, you know, we just have, like, such a good team, you know, from 
all the leadership team to all the managers, like everyone's just so willing to help everyone and kind of put themselves, you know, take a step back to help like a new person. Or mm-hmm. I think everyone's just on the same page and it starts with, you know, Dave and Michael and and the leadership team, they've built that culture. Yeah. I mean, I've had interactions with Laura and Dave and you about how you view employees. And I've told this to your sales team. You guys are the exception to the rule on a lot of things. And it's not just from Dave, Mike, and you. It's carried down. Like, I just had a discussion with Gary Torres. And, like, him from the heart speaking about what he means on his take on leadership and coaching and bringing people along – I pose the question, what's your favorite sign? He says, it's not. It's my favorite people. It's like, who says that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't want to pick a favorite piece because developing people is much better than the signs, which like, oh, my God, you talk about getting choked up. So you do have something special here. What? Let's switch gears. Like, you you mentioned a new hire a moment ago, DK. What what advice would you give to and you have new hires in the building right now? I just met well, we met one on Zoom the other day, but like what advice would you give to a new hire? It's their first day. If they walked into your office and bumped into you or they walked in here, what advice would you give them? Just ask questions. Like, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've got a bunch of the new guys that I I don't think I'm inti- I'm definitely not an intimidating person, but I've talked to Anna about this, and she's like, I think they're probably just like, you know, back in the day, and, and this is a fault of mine. Like back in the day when we were smaller, like we, I was around everyone and and interacting more, and now as as, as we've grown and, and my duties have obviously kind of shifted a little bit, like I'm I'm more and more on conference calls in meetings. Um, you know, basically working over budgets with the sales guys on calls with the sales guys on calls with the clients that I'm, I'm less like actually out in the pet call or in the office, like just, just, um, talking to some of the new people. Um, whereas mm-hmm. back in the day, the interaction would be more because I was really involved in every sale, uh, and Dave and I, at the time when we were smaller, like we were the ones that were selling everything. So we were involved in every single project, not so much. So I, I just, I, my biggest thing is I, I tell all the new people, like, do not, like, they, sometimes they call my office, hey, DK, sorry. Like, yeah, like, there's nothing to be sorry about. You're good. Yeah. So, like, they just, they think they're interrupting me and they're not. I would, mm-hmm. I, I welcome that. Like, they should ask questions. That's the only way they learn. Um, Absolutely. So, that's it's it's always my, my my biggest piece of advice would be like write it down um that's my pet peeve is when i'm in meetings or you know out there and you're talking to someone and they're just like yep 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 for sure got it yep and then two days later they don't do something or they didn't do anything it's because uh they didn't write it down um so a pen and paper beat a good memory any day man. oh yeah any for technology sure. yeah. it's ridiculous so that would be my biggest thing is write it down because even if you say in the back of your mind i'm going to go right back to my office and, and send an email to myself or write notes or whatever you're going to do 
you know, the world doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. Stuff changes. You get a call. You have to do. You have to pivot. All of a sudden, it's you know, it's the next morning, and you forgot a critical thing. So, I always say like, write it down. Bring a bring a pad with you everywhere, or your notes on your phone, whatever it is. Write it down. Um, you know, just like at the restaurants. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know why it hurts to write it down. Like, but I guess it's some sort of look. But in our industry, like. I'd rather someone just be sitting there writing down, not even look at me and actually understanding the information than someone that's kind of, yeah, 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 in me. And then it do, they don't execute it. So, um, well, let's unpack this for like younger people. Cause I have kids who are now going into the work environment and there's, there's younger professionals. It's a sign of respect too. It's also like, even if you have a memory, like a steel trap, it's a sign of respect that your audience appreciates it you know what i'm saying like you appreciate your audience rather so I, that would be my first piece of advice is write it down mm-hmm. you know second piece of advice would be ask questions like and don't be afraid to say i, I don't understand that like we might be explaining something to you or um so a lot of times with the new guys at the end i'll i'll say okay let's recap and I'll ask them just to kind of quickly go through like the talking points or the, or the, the notes that are the next steps of a, a project or, or whatever we're working on and to make sure they actually fully understand it. I think people just have a, I, I don't know what it is, but people just think that if, if I tell them something or if, if someone in called it more of a, I don't know, not a leader, but you know, someone mm-hmm. in, a, in a higher position asked you to do something that I don't understand or what do you want me to do or how do you want me to do this or what is the next step? So like, I just think it's super important to, to, to spend the time on the front end understanding it because if not, then you just kind of let it, it the project or the, the, the thing you're working on gets away from you. Got it. So think back on your career now. This is sort of similar to that last question. What advice would you give yourself when you were 25? Uh, probably start a 401k. You know, <laughs> you know like, earlier. you know, start, you know, start earlier. Um, you know, I, I, I was raised, you know, fortunate or unfortunately in a family that, that didn't really save. And obviously now that's come back to, to haunt them. Um, mm-hmm. So um, that's my biggest piece of advice. And I'm not the best saver. However, it's we have a great 401k matching program here. So I would tell any new employee, it's basically a 4% raise. Like you, you have to put in 4%. Your first it, bill it, is to yourself. Um, so it just, it, it doesn't make sense not to do it. Even if it's 10 bucks a week or 50 bucks a paycheck, whatever it is, uh, there's 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 nothing more greater than like the power of compounding interest yes. and and time because um, being secure when you're yeah older. so it's just it's it's amazing um, what it does what it does absolutely so okay so that's the financial practical advice yep. think about like personal branding and I'm gonna come to community in a moment because you do a lot in the community but what what else about like personal advice or personal branding advice you'd give to yourself at 25 or any 25 year old male for that example Uh, i'm trying to think like uh when i was 25 um i'd probably say get involved in the community i didn't get involved more in the community until probably i was like 30 um it was everything was more business related um but 
coming being the fact that I've been part of charitable organizations now for I don't know 13 or 14 years um, I just think it's such a big a big thing that that you can do yeah. um, and um, it's always easy to kind of look up and look at the the guy that has everything but it's 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 really about like looking down and looking people who need help yeah well let's let's okay so i want to scrap any humility here on your end because you this whole organization has a nice layer of humility to it as well like there's swag but there's there's you guys do a lot that you're very humble about talk about what you do in the community so you mentioned the thunderbirds so you're very involved in that tell us about what do you do with them and what is that organization all yeah about? so i my first like first charitable kind of uh, deal was with junior achievements okay start um, with that and work that was probably when i was in my late 20s okay um got involved offered to kind of donate some signage uh to help out this uh, golfer's dream day event and basically it was a group of like 20 or 30 kind of business people and and, and uh, developing leaders and you know in, in our community and basically we would go out to the Biltmore or no sorry uh, McCormick Ranch and uh, it was called Golfers Dream Day and we would take pledges and see how many holes we could play the course was ours for a day both courses you speed play you can play two balls whatever you would take a pledge for how many holes you could play so you know some guys ended up playing 100 holes and they got a dollar a hole or they got five dollars a hole from this company so um it was just kind of a really good way to 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 raise some money uh for junior achievements i don't know exactly what um what it costs nowadays but i think it's i i mean back then i'm not sure what it was but i think we probably raised like 70 or eighty thousand dollars that day and i think it's for 36 dollars nowadays a stick a student can go to the program for a week okay um and to me it's 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 all the stuff that this at the time and i don't know as much my kids are young so i still don't know what the full kind of curriculum looks like nowadays but it was so important to me that um, they never taught you about money or business in in grade school or high school or anything like that, or even even almost. I mean, I guess in college we did a little bit, but like they never taught you about save money, compound interest. They never taught you about sales. They never. I mean, they really in in high school. Maybe it was an elective class or something at the time. I mean, you're my age, right, Ken? So you don't. I'm in, do my, you rem- mid, I'm in my mid thirties. Okay, so you don't remember. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. DK. So. But I, I mean, yeah, do you remember? Do you remember in no. high school you had like sales training? Us, no, they didn't teach us about entrepreneurship. They didn't teach us about sales. They didn't teach us about. The there was one elective that was like balance a checkbook yes, or something. Yes, I learned like how that. to balance a checkbook, and then that was it. But they don't teach you about like credit cards. They don't teach no. you about uh, uh, investments. They don't teach you about and just the, in the simplest form, like yeah. hey, if you put X away, this is how much you'd have and Y at this rate. Like just something mm-hmm. that any you know even probably fifth grader now can understand. Yeah. But so Junior Achievements is is a program that they 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 have companies like us or State Farm or different companies throughout Arizona that donate their time to teach these kids. Yeah, business, um, and and I think we are losing the edge on that sometimes. And so yeah, so we still donate the signs to them fifteen years later. 
And then you do Fresh Start. Yeah, Fresh one. Start's another charity that Jim's involved in, Fresh Start's Women Foundation. It's for, I think, battered and, and, and women that have had difficulties, and we've supported that charity for a long time now. Um, and then I was around with the Executive Council uh, 70, mm -hmm. EC70, Executive Council Charities. I was part of that organization for like six years, and we had four kind of flagship events. We did a holiday shopping where we took uh, kind of an underprivileged uh, family out shopping at Walmart bottom clothes awesome. and stuff like that um and then we had a, a the big is our wine taste event that we used to do at the well we do still do it but yeah. not this year Virtually. but um a wine tasting event at uh scottsdale waterfront on uh, a cantina at the uh, arizona diamondbacks baseball game and uh holiday classic which is a golf tournament so that organization uh when i first got in uh it was probably like a million dollars a year and 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 in sales call it or revenue and i think it's i i don't know what the numbers are today but i want to say it's three or four million dollar wow. charity so it's it's a, it's a big it's a big Impact charity yeah and it's um it's again it's 70 guys in the community um you know leaders usually in their field and um just a, is is a great group that's cool and now let's build up to the thunderbirds and you you shared with waste management phoenix open for 14 million and but I think this is a newer group for you. You've been involved. Yeah, in a this few is my years. third year. Third year. So, so yeah. tell me about like what they do in the community and what you like about it. Yeah, I mean, so the Thunderbirds organization was started in 1937 by five, you know, leaders in business in Arizona at the time, and they were tasked to go find ten guys apiece. Okay. And and that's how it started. Fifty-five or eleven guys. 10 guys additionally to them okay. and, and and that's how it started and i think bob goldwater and so i mean some of the the the, the people that have been involved in the charity um um have done some very big things for arizona and for 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 our community but that's how it started and it's 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 basically 55 active guys um that um try to kind of promote the the valley of the sun through sport very cool. um so um now we donate to uh, a lot, a lot of charitable uh, organizations throughout Arizona, but typically uh, it's it, we we try, we raise the funds and we're we're primarily you know geared towards like golf, for instance, with the Open, mm -hmm. but but that money then goes back to to local charities throughout um, throughout Arizona. Um, yeah, so I think it's, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I want to say it's 160, 160, 170 million dollars that we've donated to local charities wow. since the inception of, of the That's... of the thing. And it was 14 million dollars last year. It's it's insane. I was in Tucson one day and we were talking to this charitable organization. It was a small, you know, there's a lot of charitable organizations like or groups that raise money. And he was, he said this is the first year we did like, you know, seventy thousand or something like that. He was so blown away that that a, a group of any guys could could give fourteen million dollars yeah. to uh, charity, and um, it's it's just it's just such a big deal because there's so many so many people in need, and that that money funds so many great programs in, in our in our community. You do a lot on your LinkedIn profile, highlighting the community work that they do. So I think it's very nice that you show, you tell the story of the groups underneath and, and the impact, like St. Uh, Mary's Food Bank and, and even Fresh Start, et cetera. So let me come back to Trademark. 
Tell me about somebody at Trademark, and maybe it's not somebody who sits near you office-wise, that you love seeing every day, they make your day better. Somebody here, it could be a designer, it could be a fabricator, it could be somebody in uh, project management. Who's somebody you just love seeing every day? Who do I love seeing every day? This um, is a hard one. you got to pick one or two. That's not... Um... That's not fair. One or two? Okay. Yeah, one or two. So I can't say the politically correct response. I love seeing everyone every day. Yeah, you day. can't say okay. I love all my kids. Um, Maybe some of you don't have the chance to tell them how much you interact, like interacting with them every day. I think Brett. I love seeing Brett every day. Yeah, Brett Fitzpatrick. Brett Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't know if he's done a podcast. He has. Okay. He's going to be the next runner-up post, I think. Got, <laughs> Brett Fitzpatrick has. Yeah, no, he uh, he just um, just brings like great energy and just always smiling. Has a great attitude. Um, Extremely authentic. And uh, yeah, I just I love working with him. I mean, we've only been working together for like fourteen months or whatever it is, and the kid is just passionate and just basically he's kind of like the epitome of what trademark is that's excellent all right what's a question i have a few more people coming in here we have we have the big dog himself michael bombs coming in what's a uh, question that oh somebody told me to ask you a gotcha question Damn a it. gotcha yeah Nope, it was Michael Jason for Michael Baum, but it was okay. more of a, like a Genesis story, origin story. Okay. What's a question I should ask Michael Baum? It doesn't have to be gotcha, it could be silly. Okay. If there's a chance, the ponytail will come back. Oh, do tell. Damn, I gotta write this. I'm writing this down out of respect. Ponytail will come back. There's, there, Dan has a devilish look on his face. There's one more question I want to yeah. ask you about before you go and you get back to your busy day. Like you're very involved with your family. I think you got a nice balance with it. What do you do out of work for fun? What are you passionate about? Um, let's see. You know, it. Huh. I'm like an old soul. Like I, I'm good with just, um, you know, watching 60 minutes with a beer or um <laughs> or watching a browns game with the, with the friends as far as activities go um tennis oh. kind of yeah i know you know that but um dk's dodging i've started to pick up tennis a little bit um i wish i played more um world's greatest sport ever but it's uh yeah it's it's i've never like i I played growing up probably until middle school, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I didn't really, and then maybe I picked up a racket a few times in college, but my wife's really big into tennis, so we've been doing these cardio tennis classes, and then, um, then um, you know, doubles, couple nights, and then it kind of morphed into, I've been trying to play like a few times a month with like some guys I know, and um, so I really love that. Um, the word on the street is DK sneaky athletic. <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> Don't the let thing is that you. as much as you know, I don't think I've ever met a sport where it's like so. Like I know golf is is you have to be mentally tough, um, 
but golf is golf is just so much harder, at least for me. And I was a decent golfer, but just the, all the techniques and all the different things like golf is is so hard to be good. But tennis is so mentally tough in the fact of like you're like afraid to make a mistake. Like mm-hmm. if you're like when you're playing like with cardio tennis or I'm mm-hmm. playing with you, hit the ball. You hit the ball hard. It's in. It's great. And then you get into like a match it's and like it's different. like it's completely different. Like you do not play the same. You're afraid to take the big shot. Like you're you're playing not to lose. At least this is me. And, and yeah. I'm and I, from talking to like Trudy's like coach and stuff that she plays with. Like that's everyone. Like yeah. the 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 greatest players of all time mm-hmm. they're it's a man they're mentally tough no it's it's i think that's the edge between if you look at Djokovic, who's number one and number 50 some obscure guy in the world physically they're probably the same their strokes are the same their endurance is the same it's that mental edge that you can never you can never really quantify for some of them it's amazing it's amazing so well, we still have to get out on a tennis court one of these days, DJ. Yeah, I know, for sure. I got to get warmed a good up. Game. Yeah. Well, are there any questions, anything else unsaid? How do you feel about this? You're good? Yeah, Welcome no, the I trademark feel good. Talks, so. I like this. This is, this is fun. Um, you know, you don't, you know, usually when we, we have talks like, you know, authentic conversations like this, it's typically like, still with an agenda with respect mm-hmm. to like it's with our sales team or our team and it's still you know we we're talking more geared towards like an end goal i don't think i didn't have a goal coming into this you don't have a, necessarily a goal for what this conversation is and i think mm-hmm. that's like that's why people love podcasts so much it's just pretty damn organic yeah and it just it's it's kind of like you know sitting there watching like a show that's or like that's just if you come in and out of it it is what it is but it's just it's something that kind of takes you away from the daily stress and the daily um you, you know your daily kind of routine and it's just something fun to do and i appreciate uh yeah. appreciate doing it and appreciate you guys uh well, setting um, this up for us on behalf of the marketing team and everybody at trademark which you're obviously the big part of that we appreciate you being on for trademark sure. talks dude thank, thank you thank you dk